Happy New Year, everybody. New Year, New You. Out of the four of us, only one of us is going to be a new us at the end of the year. One set of facial surgeries later. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it is important to say that everyone goes into the new year either with two emotions now, either let's do this or, oh God, it's just another 2020. It's literally 2022. So the reason I kind of want to bring up the new year is because it is the year of the tiger. I went to the Japanese temples and they were selling all kinds of tiger merchandise and everything. So I kind of wanted to go back and redo at least part of an episode. We talked about cats a long time ago, back in episode like five, but we kind of split it between dogs and cats. So in the end, not everyone got all the info they deserved. So I kind of want to go back. I kind of want to talk more about cats. And this is coming from the guy who doesn't like cats. What do you guys think? You have a lot more pro cat people on the podcast now. Meow, meow. Let's just let's just wait a minute now here. Let's not be kitting around. We were doing a whole cat episode. These snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> do you know how fast you're going, meow? <laughs> do I am I jumping all nimbly bimbly from tree to tree? Am I drinking milk from a saucer? <laughs> For God's sakes, Chris, cue the music. Just cue the music. (laughs) So guys, it turns out we're going to have to throw out a bunch of our biology textbooks. Apparently, we finally actually found a millipede with over a thousand legs. This is actually really exciting. Normally, millipedes, the most we've ever found on the millipede is a millipede with 750 legs. This one had 1,306 legs. It is called uh, E. Persephone, and it is found in Australia. How big is it? How big is it? 3.7 inches. I mean, that's still pretty terrifying. It's tiny. It's adorable. 95 millimeters. Some of those peds get up to like a foot long, though. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, then they wrap around your arm. Honestly, like, okay, it's only centipedes. Only centipedes do spookiness. The other, like, millipedes are friendly, and they eat, like, trash. So, like, not actual trash, but, like, you know, moss and garbage. So That's literally how they caught it. They caught it because they were doing a collection trip. They eat trash. They eat trash. They eat, like, leaf litter trash. They eat forest trash. They don't eat actual trash. (laughs) They eat trash, like the Kardashians. (laughs) But, like, that's the thing. That's how they caught it. They literally put, like, a cup with, like, leaf litter in it and shoved it down a hole to see what they could collect, and that's where they found this species. Well, they're lucky that that's what they found. Oh, they're really happy they found it. It's like, this is <laughs> They could have found, found something much worse. <laughs> Lucas, is it is it a new species, or is it just, like, an overachieving millipede? From what I've seen, it's a new species. Like, there's still so much to learn from this thing. But, again, it's only... 3.7 inches, 95 millimeters long. It is not big. And the big ones are, like Don said, harmless. They wrap around your arm like a bracelet and sit there. We had a lot of zoos and aquariums use them for enrichment because they're so easy to care for. I like them a lot. I think they're fun. Uh, Chris, you had some news too. Yeah, I got some bear news. <laughs> so we had some researchers, I believe it was uh, NC State University and Northern Michigan University, Uh, did a study on the effects of human foods on the microbial biodiversity of guts in wild bears, basically seeing how eating human food affects the digestion of bears. And like other things, like we know of humans, hyper-processed foods are bad for microbiomes and actually may 
uh, actually made it hard for bears to digest their natural diet because the hyperprocessed foods, which are high in sugar, had the bacteria in their in the bears' guts that process sugar outcompete the other ones for their natural diets, and those little microbes died off, and the ones that process sugar be, basically became dominant. And it just reinforces our, oh, yeah, this is a problem. Hyperprocessed foods are not great. No way. Who would have thought? But now we know it's bad in bears, too. I feel I want people to check this for things like raccoons and possums. I just want to know, like, who thought to feed them to to bears? Um, Why would you not? There's an entire animal subculture of people who like, oh, that's a trash panda. Quick, feed the raccoon trash. Feed the possum trash. They do love trash. Well, that's the thing is... Just people love smoking doesn't mean that it's good. Wait, so if they're a trash panda, does that mean millipedes eat them? No. (sighs) No. That would be interesting, but no. But in any case, yeah, please don't feed wild animals. Don't don't feed any animal that's not yours, to be honest. We'll get into more of that later. Don, apparently there's a new season rule in Pokemon, and I, I, I lose track on what's the difference. What did this one do now? All right, so it's series. It's so this is actually this is actually a lot more exciting um, than maybe initially thought. So it's series twelve, but it's also VGC twenty twenty two, and most series I think have been lasting like three months. Um, you know, like eleven, whatever, whatever. So also series twelve is it's a new it's a new format, an actual new format. It's um, our first GS Cup, so dual restricted plus Dynamax, which um, allows for some interesting interesting stuff going on. Spoiler alert: Zacian's really good. No, like, really. That used to the, be really good. You mean the Pokemon that gets an attack up by entering the field is good? Shocking. Yes. Um. Anyway, so this one exciting thing is we're gonna have a. Um. I believe it's gonna be a six month season instead of the re- more recent three months, which I think is pretty exciting because it's gonna allow us to um. Sort of, it's like the meta's gonna have a lot more time to develop than with the three month seasons. And also, we know for a fact now that it will be lasting through the World Championships, assuming they proceed as scheduled. So, um, because people, a lot of people were worried about having like a last minute format shift with like a month before worlds and it'd just be a total mess. Um, so it's all, that's also pretty exciting. I'm crossing my fingers and I'm praying that that the world keeps going the way the world is right now. Where, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm praying that we can get people to worlds. I'm praying. We'll we see need this. We need, but uh, it'll be interesting because the entire format up to worlds will be this format. So it's going to have a lot of time to change. Like right now I've been playing a bit. Kyogre plus Shadow Rider, Kyogre plus Zacian both seem pretty good. Zacian is just really, really good. And Kyog- Kyogre and Zacian, I would say, are probably the two best right now. I think Palki is a lot better in a dual-restricted format. Yeveltal is a lot better now with two... Re- like, some of the more, like, semi- not even really supportive, but complementary restricteds are, I think, are really going to have a chance to shine now. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what people put yeah, together. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Sorry. No, it's all good. You're the expert on this. So, okay, we have our season ready. What is anything going on in Pokemon Go? I caught a lot of a lot of Pikachu with hats. Well, we have the Sveal Community Day. I did love the Christmas feels with his little little scarf. With his little scarf. I wish you could evolve a wall ride with the scarf. They used to let us evolve the event mods, and then I think they just stopped wanting to make more models. Yeah, I'm very upset that I cannot evolve any... Like, I can get a Raichu with a cute hat sometimes. I'm like, no, 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 no. My Walren needs a scarf. He wants to be warm, too. But the uh, Sveal Community Day is the 16th of January, and it'll learn Icicle Spear if you evolve it into a Walrein. But 
surprise for January, we're having a retro community day because I guess they want more money. Oh, yeah, it's Bulbasaur, right? They're bringing Bulbasaur back, which is good if you like PvP or raids because Bulbasaur or Venusaur learns Frenzy Plant, which is it's one of its best options uh, for a charge move. Um, so if you missed it before, aka like two years ago, three years ago at this point, you get a chance again, and that's the week after Spiel. Icicle's Fear is how I beat um, the Elite Four in uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Like the guard chomp said, ha ha, I have a berry that can absorb this pain. It's like, yeah, I bet you do. Icicle Spear, Icicle Spear, good luck. Nice. Yeah, I need to play more BDSP. It's not bad. Like, it's not bad. It's just, compared to what's coming this month, it's just, yeah, we it's got the Arceus. appetizer. Well, but, yeah. <clears throat> so like, Kevin bought it for me for Christmas, and I have been happy because it's like the first game now that Lila can like actually read. Right. It's been her first like game playing on her own, like actually playing. So that's that's been, exciting. It's been kind of fun to watch. Yeah, her. It was really cute when she was starting the game because she reads out loud. Because I mean, she's in second grade, and when Rowan comes up, she she like made a funny voice like. Hur, rur, rur, rur. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cute. I love the professor in that game though. He's he's a Chad. That man is just he he can get it. He seems like you a know. nice fella. Yeah, just like this big, just terrifying professor man of like. Oh, here, have a Pokemon, kid. Like, he seems pretty, you. yeah, he's like pretty, pretty burly, pretty burly, burly fella. Like, I feel like if he, like, decided to, like, if someone tries to fight him, he just rips off the shirt and he's just cut and terrifying. He's like Teddy Roosevelt, old man. Yes, he's, that's why I yeah. like him so much. Or Crash or Wake. <laughs> Crash or Wake. I forget about Crash or Wake constantly, and I regret it because he's great. If we're lucky, in two weeks, they'll have dropped one more trailer for Arceus to get us hyped, and we'll have some more Pokemon news for that. But for now, we don't have anything on Legends yet. So, um, my news was amazing, though, because in Pokemon Unite, um, you can get a special tuxedo for your Slowbro, Greedent, and most importantly, Blastoise. Blastoise tuxedo? Yes. Oh and it comes God. with a top hat. It comes with a top hat. He's so classy. He kind of looks like Boss Tweed. Yeah. He's so nice. <laughs> like, I, I I, have never played this game, but I love the costumes that they come out with. The costumes are fantastic. We could spend all day they... going through costumes, but we do have an episode to do. Yes. Let Lucas, hit me with the cats. question have all of you owned cats at one point in your life i am incredibly allergic yeah don is so allergic i felt so bad when you were staying here <laughs> and the cat the cat just wanted to like hang out with you cats love me and i you know i don't even dislike cats they just they just don't they don't jive with you in yes. your existence yeah so cats are tied to almost every major human culture in some regard. They've been following us for a very long time. Uh, cats um, are part of the family Felidae, uh, they co which comes from the word felis, which is just Latin for cat. The first it's cat... Convenient. Yeah, the Latin's great. I love Latin for that. Just uh, So the first felines appeared about 35, 28 million years ago, according to the fossil record. The fossil is called... Oh, I'm going to mess this up. Proaelurus. Proaelurus. Aelurus. Proaelurus. There we go. 
if you look up the art for like the first cat, it's actually pretty awesome. The paleo art they put together for this thing is really, really cool. Now, felines, all cats have a common characteristics. Uh, the smallest house cat to the biggest tiger. The thing that's so interesting to me about cats, and even as I am the resident cat disliker here, everything that a cat has that it's evolved for is built for killing other animals. Everything on a cat is meant to be lethal. It's one of my most interesting things that I like. House cats are like the most successful hunters on the planet, right? I think dragonflies might beat them. Oh, dragonites beat them? Dragonflies or African wild dogs also do pretty well. But as far as like, okay, so you know how people are like obsessed with like the toe beans on cats, like beans, beans, poke the beans. People love that stuff. Those are planter pads. They are filled with fatty tissue. The reason they're so squishy is because they're designed to absorb shock when they fall and silence them while they land. Uh, the sandpaper tongue, really cute when they lick you. It's it's really meant to strip the meat off bones more easily. That'd be so convenient, honestly. I'm jealous. It also helps with uh, grooming Lucas. Because of all the little ridges, it acts as a little comb so they don't get a lot of knots in their fur. It's not just for the meat, the the doom and gloom. And that's not doom and gloom. I admire it. It also and it also helps them with drinking because you know how cats like drink very delicately when compared to dogs because dogs basically use their tongue to create a column of water that they chomp at. Cats use it to kind of like scoop. It creates a cleaner column because of the little ridges. Yeah, I, I'm with Don. It's not gloom and doom to talk about death. It, it, it's just what they are. Uh, again, the other things that all cats have in common, they're usually very limber, retractable claws, really powerful eyes, excellent hearing, strong, sharp teeth and jaws, and, and they can purr. And purring has been the result of a lot of different research. Uh, people have loved it. We actually did get a comment on Twitter asking about cat purrs and how someone heard that they can help with certain health issues like arthritis because of the purring and the frequency. I looked it up. Yes, there are some things that people like about purring. The only, I could not find any scientific evidence to support things like purring, helping with arthritis. The only place I found any information like that are on websites called ilovecats.com. So it's like incredibly biased. It's 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 one of those things where it's like, it, it's, it's what cat lovers say to try and make you like cats more. Like there's not a lot of good research on it. Kind of, wait, is it like, is it like the dairy industry during the 90s where they're like, Drink milk or you'll die. <laughs> I mean, probably something similar. So what makes cats such amazing hunters is the requirement. They can only eat meat, only meat-based food. They are hyper carnivores. If you try feeding a dog like salad or some veggies or fruits, they can usually digest it. With cats, they can't. They even lack taste receptors for sweetness. So you can't like offer them anything sweet. Hold on. Wait, I have to interject that. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. But Rusty exclusively eats sweets, like besides cat food. That's the thing. They don't have a sweet receptor. No, but like I'm telling you, he must because he he comes running anytime someone has ice cream. Like he comes running. He's, he eats donuts. He will steal these. Like these are all things that we have to hide. Donuts, cookies, cake. That's really weird because scientifically he does not have a sweet taste bud. It's not like... He does not have one. <laughs> he might still enjoy... It could also be calorically dense. And also it's food you have, so he probably wants it. We need to make. We need to put your cat in a lab <laughs> at this point just to make sure. Because everything I read is like, yeah, our research shows that they probably don't have one. So. No one believes me. Like, he will, like, find a way to get to sweets. We have to hide them. 
It's like the one thing he'll eat. Are, are you supposed to give cats milk? I, I feel that's a stereotype. No, you are no, not. You're not. No, you're not. You're not. And they we do. Cats, adult cats can be lactose intolerant and get diarrhea, vomiting, and lots of, and bloating just like humans can. Lovely. So right now on the planet, there are about 41 species of cats, uh, 42 if you count Madison's weird sugar cat, uh, which... <laughs> Five of them are endangered. Um, there are plenty that are vulnerable, but they live on every single continent naturally, except for Australia. Wait, they live in Antarctica? Every, Australia and Antarctica. My apologies. They don't. They don't live there. They don't live there. And no, the, no, no. And the lack of cats in Australia is why all those wild creatures are there because they're not there to hunt them. Precisely. Typically, uh, cats aren't social, save for lions and a few other instances, but uh, domesticated house cats have really adopted a whole bunch of different social behaviors over the thousands of years we've had them compared to their wild counterparts, including there's a lot more purring, there's hissing, there's meowing. It's really interesting to see how these typically not-so-social animals have naturally been selected over time to just be all up in our business. No, and, and the meowing bit in particular for domestic cats too, because they've looked at feral cats versus ones raised entirely like in a house. And a lot less like vocalizations, right? Yeah, fer feral cats meow less and they hiss and growl more uh, because they the domestic cats had a, a more varied type of meows to communicate to the humans. You know, hey, I'm hungry. Hey, I want attention. I want to play. Or, or like even like a low, like, kind of thing as opposed to like hissing to be like don't that one cat that goes all along johnson <laughs> just like that but yeah the the meow meowing in particular is is like in domestic cats is is how they are trying to communicate their needs so with um on that note of feral and wild cats uh wild cats in general uh some of them are okay doing okay but uh, there are those that are endangered and they're endangered due to the usual suspects environmental loss and hunting uh, uh, in the case yeah in those the case damn of tigers, robots <laughs> it, it's the tigers that really make me upset because they're only about they're less than four thousand left in the wild and if you count all the tigers and all the good zoos bad zoos circuses rehabs and random celebrity backyards there are about five thousand tigers in the united states there are more tigers living in in human care in America than there are left in the wild. And that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's not a fun fact. And that's and that's not to say that all the people who own the tigers are treating them poorly. It, it but it's it, it's it's not it's not great. Uh domesticated cats, of course, we all know it. I definitely know it. They have the opposite problem. When they go outside, they are the most successful killing machines on the planet, or at least one of them. They hunt off multiple species they of small kill mammals. everything. Reptiles, small birds, uh, mammals, random weird stuff they just find. They will kill whatever they want because if they're outdoors, oh, it's okay. Even if I fail at hunting, I can go and I can eat at my owner's home. And now I have the nutrition to keep trying. So they are able to adapt and learn and learn and learn. They kill off so many things. It's ridiculous. They'll kill on a full stomach. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like they, they can, they'll eat at home and then just go out and kill things. Um, but it was, uh, there was a lot of different numbers thrown out there, but between 1.3 and 3.7 billion birds a year are killed by do outdoor domesticated cats. Um, and that's not, obviously it's birds, so it's not including small mammals, rodents, those kinds of things too. There's a lot of predation that comes from outdoor domesticated cats. 
Um, it's it, it can be a problem. Please keep your cats inside. I, I I can't I can't keep watching cats kill wild animals. And for those people who say, "Oh, my cat's special," or "My cat's an outdoor cat," you can leave. We don't need you. Like your your cat is not special. Keep it inside. I have met people who are like, "Well, not my cat." It's like, yeah, your cat. I'm sorry, it's you. You cannot. You can't be that way. I guarantee your cat also likes your bed just as much as being outside. Yeah, I promise you. Like, oh, he needs the exercise. Get him a jumping course or something. Make sure teach him how to we walk on a leash. <laughs> All right. So if we want ridiculousness, we kind of have to go into the Pokedex. So let's talk about some Mons. The anti-cat propaganda that is Pokemon. Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. Pokemon hates cats. Like, Pokemon really does not like cats. I counted it up, Lucas. Just for starters, there are 26 cat-based Pokemon. And so there's a lot of cat mons. Yeah, there's 26. I believe it's six of them have dark typing. So close to a quarter of the cats represented are borderline evil. Isn't isn't the dark type in Japan like translate literally to like evil type or something too? Yeah, a little yes. bit. Yeah, so it's not it's not looking great. Game Freak is run by dog lovers, which normally I'd be all for, but it kind of gets accepted. Like, for example, Persian. I mean, Zashin exists, so obviously they love dogs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, where's my, where's my cat legendary? Mewtwo. Are we still Galio? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. No, Don's right, though. The first legendary ever was a cat. It was a lab cat, but yeah. yeah. A lab, lab, lab cat. Lab cat. <laughs> That's that's my new Lab name. Cat, sing along, <laughs> come along and play. Lab cat, lab cat. Oh God, he's escaped. Persian gets a doesn't get as much love, but there's a reason Giovanni has a Persian. Um, it is actually despite the name, it it's not related to the Persian cat breed. I find it closely relates more to a puma. Uh, if you don't know what a puma, you've probably heard cougars, mountain lions. Um, they get a lot of names. Uh, they live in. America catamount all... is one of my favorites. Yeah, they get a lot Wait, of names. What? There's a lot of Cat... no one really calls them catamounts anymore, but that's another word for them. Yeah, they um they live a lot of places. You can find them all the way in Canada, all the way down to Argentina and Chile. They are all throughout the Americas, and they adapt to almost any climate. But they tend to prefer the mountains. I think it's important to realize that um anytime you hear something like the mountain lion or like the Florida panthers, that's just a subspecies. So in, in Florida we have the Florida panthers. They are a subspecies of of puma that are going extinct. Uh so whenever they say like the Florida panthers are going extinct, the subspecies is going extinct. Not the actual entirety. There's, there's a lot of them. Uh now they are the gem on person's head is actually connected to a South American folklore, uh, the carbuncle. No, carbunclo. Carbunclo. There it is. It's a small little mammal-like creature. Very furry, very cute. It has a red gem right on its forehead. And it's thought that if the creature finds you, you can have it as a pet and it can bring you good luck. The The idea of the bringing luck, though, isn't that also tied to the uh, inspiration from Meowth, too? Which you talked yeah, about in the so first, kinda, the first cat episode. Yeah. yeah, I was just at the New Year's celebration, and one of the things you do during the New Year's is you take your money and you throw it at the temple, and then you pray for good luck for the year. So that whole money thing with the meow makes a lot of sense. Now, with Alola, uh, Alola in Persian is bred to be a jerk. Uh, it was, uh, if you read the Pokedex, basically they brought Persians over, and they thought, oh, look, we're going to make it even fancier. So they 
fed it. They gave it everything it wanted. They specifically just spoiled this thing to the point where it became a dark type. It is found that it actually I figured they were likes- dark types because they were invasive. Yeah. Yeah, they that's are- how I thought they were. Like the Ratatat. Spoiled invasive. Like, instead of just no, saying... No, but, like, like, they were- like, I thought it had to do with the fact that Ratatat were dark type, too. They are, but for Because they're, like, for night, Ratata, they're like nighttime. Yeah, for Ratata, it got dark kind of on its own for living in the environment. For the Persians, they were kept, like, with royalty. They were spoiled. So it's kind of like if... It's kind of like real world cats with rat with cats. They are brought and spoiled by people and then they can go out and do whatever they want. And again, this thing loves torturing its prey. To be fair, that's something real cats do, because to be honest, you don't want a rat to be at full strength when you go for the killing blow. Rats will fight back to their last breath. You want it weak and tired. So there's a reason why animals like cats will play with their food. It's not torture. It's just to make sure you don't get killed. You just bat it around a little bit and tire it out. Oh my god, so we had a mouse get in the house about a month ago, and I swear to god, that jerk like literally just kept batting it around for an hour. Yeah, he used to weaken it, make it tired. You gotta bash him yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Some Charlie work. Don mentioned the uh, the invasive nature of the cats, and I found it on the hawaii.gov site, but um, they linked to a... Uh, they linked to a study that showed that feral cats on islands, not just Hawaii, world world islands, but feral cats on islands have contributed to the extin- extinction of 33 species and are the principal threat to 8% of critically endangered birds, mammals, and reptiles. Oh, there was a, um, a specific story about cats killing stuff. The, the fairy island wren um, was, I believe, wiped out, I think, almost entirely by one cat. That was this small, flightless songbird thing on this tiny island and this lighthouse keeper guy. Um, had his cat were there, and after like a year of him being there or something like that, he noticed the birds his cat was always like eating were like looked like something he hadn't seen before, and then he like scooped a couple up and was like, "Oh crap!" And that cat's name was Tibbles. Oh, Tibbles! The Tibbles! Fear him! Fear the god of death! Fear the warrior from beyond the sea, Tibbles! The the other thing, the other problem that the cats in Hawaii are posing is they all all cats are a required host for a parasite. Toxoplasmosis. Yes, people get that. Oh yeah, no, they can give it to people. Uh, that's why like pregnant women aren't supposed to scoop uh, litter boxes. They found two. Can we talk? Are you about to talk about toxoplasmosis? I was not? mostly going to point out that oh that it's a problem for Hawaiian geese, crows, and the monk seals. Can I talk about what it does normally? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so toxoplasmosis is this crazy um, microbe guy. I actually can't remember exactly what it is. Um, it's anyway, it's, yeah, it's a parasite. Um, so toxoplasmosis' final stage is in cats, but um, its initial stage is actually in rats after the rat eats like the cat's droppings. Um, and then it rewires parts of the rat's brain to make it attracted to the smell of, I think it's cat urine, and to be more active in the daytime. So that the cat will then, the rat will seek out cats to then get killed. So they can be back in the rat. But the interesting thing is that humans get infected with toxo as well. And it increase, it's been shown to increase risk-taking behavior in, um, like, individuals. Um, so they think, like, there's been, there was a study I heard about somewhere a while ago that they looked at, like, motorcycle victims. And, like, were, like, disproportionately affected by, like, toxo. And, like, I think they haven't done, like, large scale. They think, like, skydivers and other, like thrill seeker kind of people um are more likely to be infected with toxo i want to talk about leopard just because it's one of the cats that kind of gets ignored it uh, again it's 
it's one of my favorites in terms of how its concept works out, but it's literally it's called occasionally the, really good. Yeah, but it's also known as the cruel or cruelty Pokemon. Again, Pokemon really doesn't like cats. Even Purloin is like ridiculously me. It's like the deception Pokemon. But Leopard is really cool because it is based on leopards. If you don't know anything about leopards, they usually get overshadowed by lions and other big animals because they live in Africa and Asia. And in Africa, everyone loves lions. In Asia, everyone loves tigers. But leopards live on both major continents, and they have a wide variety of subspecies. My girls love love leopards more because, like, we had them in Cleveland for years, and they had snow leopard kittens about, I'm going to say, three years ago. I don't think the snow leopard is directly related to the leopard. I don't think it's like a subspecies. I think it's just kind of like a common. They're I have to separate. check that one. Yeah, they're separate. But they, yeah, snow leopards well, they, are also they, really The really girls cool. love leopards. Uh, in the Pokedex, Leopard's supposed to be it sneaks up on its prey, strikes from behind before they can react. Uh, they do make a note and say that the Pokemon is also very petty, moody, and vicious. So again, Pokemon, not really the biggest fan of cats. But if you've ever seen a leopard hunt, it's amazing. Because a real leopard hunts with the same tactics, like sneak up, jump, kill. Uh, they'll usually try and crush the windpipe or break the skull in some way just to make their lives easier. But what makes them cooler to me is what they do with the food afterwards. Because they're in areas with such high levels of predators, they have to move that food somewhere where it's not going to get eaten or stolen. So they will literally carry it up a tree. Now, the food they're attacking, like an impala, an impala weighs 80 pounds. Imagine carrying 80 pounds of food in your teeth up a tree and then putting it there and leaving it. That's what these things can do. They're very impressive. Like, there's lots of YouTube videos, and you can fall down a hole of watching leopards carry their food up trees. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, people don't give the leopard nearly as much respect. They just look, oh, look, pretty spots. And that's why hunters will have hunted them and take their skin, or why fashion industry uses their image on everything. Because they're so pretty. They are really, really cool. And Leopard's abilities perfectly match what a leopard's supposed to do unburden cool drop the meat get faster prankster sneak up and attack limber it's a cat this is one of the best representations of a real world animal in a pokemon like everything about it is perfect for what it is don't think it needs to except be except making it a dark type yeah I, I mean it doesn't need to be a dark type to be sneaky but again they don't like cats so it's just kind of how it all works out but i love leopard just for fixing and like don said Sometimes it's good. Sometimes. Not yeah, I like Leopard a lot. Its move pool is very, very good with Prankster. Um, I would imagine you would think a Leopard Mom would be a little more physically gifted, but it's definitely That's, super. Yeah, it's it's not it's frail, but it's it's quick. Yeah, but it's not that strong and not physically bulky, not yeah. physically like not hitting hard. Yeah, I I do really like Leopard though. I think it's a cool Mon. I like the design. The shiny's kind of like subtle. It's kind of subtle, but it's it's got a decent shiny. It's not the Garchomp kind of subtle where you have to double check. Or the Gengar. Oh, God. I hate those shinies so much. It's like, listen, Pokemon, please make some effort. Put some effort in there. For God's sake. The Gengar bothers me because there's the white Gengars just sitting there. The Mega yeah, Gengar is sick. Yeah. Yeah, Mega Gengar is amazing. Everyone should have a Mega Gengar. I wanted to add in, I wanted to add in a house cat because we're doing a cat episode and we can't just talk about the cool, you know, climbing cat leopards and all that we have to talk about a house cat so i was bringing up her ugly um 
though probably the only time we'll talk about Perugly. Um, but one of the things in the decks that it always talks about is that Perugly... Wait, so Lila, Lila just saw one for the first time last week at the Valley Windworks or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Perugly. And, and she's like, what is this thing? It's hideous. <laughs> it's yeah. Perugly. Yeah, apparently it's the killer of Nuzlocke runs. Anyone who runs a Nuzlocke, that thing is literally kills at least one person on your team. It's, it's got good stats for like the time you see it. It's also it's probably a Pokemon I look at like once every six months when I'm like, okay, I need fake out and it needs to be this fast, or like I'll look at the Defi- it gets defiant. I'll look at like, like defiant mons and I'll like start building with Perugly and then I'll stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what it what is there about it? It might Perugly? be okay. Nope. Uh so Perugly it says in the decks that it uses its tails to cinch its waist to kind of puff itself up to make itself look bigger than it is, um, which is an intimidation factor that you see in the world. It's not just a cat thing. Like lots of animals make themselves seem bigger to intimidate other creatures. But cats, if you think about when you ever see a cat that's uh, going to get into a fight, it usually like arches its back, flares out its fur. Like it's, it's that same idea. It's trying to make itself seem bigger. Like you don't want to mess with me. Look how big I am. But the other thing that I wasn't quite sure about with Perugly is it talks about how it steals nests. Like, it just bullies other Pokemon out of its nests and steals it. And, I mean, you like you see that a little bit with, like, cats stealing beds and all that kind of stuff from other things. But it's not anything like all, all pets steal beds from other pets. Like, that's just kind of what happens. But one thing that I did find is that uh, some female cats do take kittens from other female cats in order to help raise them. Uh, like some people will, will like post on the internet, like some cat took a kitten away from its mom. Should I do something? And generally the response is don't mess with it. That happens in cat colonies because the other cat moms basically help nurse other cat moms, kittens. Um, it can be a problem if the cat that is quote unquote catnapping uh, isn't lactating because if the kitten isn't able to have solids and there's no milk there, that can be a bad thing. That's really that's a really weird thing to check for. Hang on, is that cat lactating? Stop, check it. Yeah, you got, you got Greg, it. I have nipples too. Can you milk me? It's a great <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, female female cats do uh, can help raise other kittens that are not born from them, which is pretty cool. Pretty and it's pretty cute. I would never have imagined they have cat colonies. Although that just sounds, that just, yeah, I feel, I like, feel the, like a cat colony is just what, like, I see those under my bridges here. Yeah, like you just hang out just, under the, yeah, under, under like I 275. Me and my buddy Charlie under the bridge. <laughs> oh, I mean, dude, like they a, love the Skyway Fishing Pier. It's oh, loaded I, with cats. I bet they do. I bet they love that bridge. Now, they mix it I up with raccoons over the trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> there are two more Pokemon I want to talk about because they got brought up a lot with the new year. Uh, even Pokemon kind of got in on it. And it's like, oh, happy year of the tiger. Here's Raikou. And I was like, Twitch, 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 Twitch. Raikou is a legendary. We have talked about it multiple times. Thanks to Madison's help, we know a lot more about this thing because we talk about it from a mythical perspective. But we never talk about it biologically. It is not a tiger. No, saber it's tooth. Not. Yeah, tigers are a separate group. It is a saber-toothed cat. I know it does not sound the as Smilodon cool. bad boys. Yeah, the Smilodon. One of my favorite names. One of my favorite genus names. Smilodon. Smilodon fatalis. 
Like Power Rangers had them. Like this is one of the most popular ancient animals in the world. They liked it so much they brought it back in the newest one. They've been bringing them back multiple times. People love the like it's great. Power Rangers loves itself some saber tooth cats. And did you know that apparently one of the first uh, fossils was discovered in Brazil? So maybe we'll get a saber tooth. Oh, how cat. about that? Yeah, one of the first ones was found in the 1800s. We're going to Brazil, Jen. Ain't you? Get in the hole. We're going to Brazil. No. <laughs> Uh, but it's it is one oh, of those. I hope like, they have a hip on top with the ponytail on it. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Capoeira. Thanks, Thanks, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's design again focused on the lightning myth. But I wanted to point out that it's not a tiger. Saber tooth cats existed for millions of years. They were really really cool. Well, it has like spots though, right? Well, that's the thing we don't it know. It has spots, right? Right, he's got stripes. But we don't know exactly. Oh, Raikou what... has stripes. Yeah, like, like stripes Sweet on the legs. Got spots. That's right. But we we've decided when it comes to saber tooth cats, we can guess at what the fur looked like. If it lived in grassier areas, they might have had stripes to help blend in as they hunted with the teeth. A lot of people, whenever they make a saber tooth cat in a video game, is like, oh, it uses its teeth to shred its opponents. Like that's not how the teeth work. Their teeth are not like tusks. They're like our teeth, which means that they are delicate and they can break. So what they would use them for, we think, is more like um, just to puncture. These are just stab. Okay, now your trachea is gone. Your carotid is cut. You're going to bleed out. Uh, they have to take really good care of these teeth because if they don't and if they break, like it's going to be real painful. Imagine having a giant open broken tooth in the open air. It's not great. Yeah, that's... Not good. Not good at all. Yeah, they're really prone to infection. Uh, they did go extinct around 15,000 years ago, and we really don't know why. Humans. Um, humans. No, that's the thing. Everyone assumes humans, Debatable. but it doesn't make any sense because they there weren't humans in some of those areas. We think what most likely happened is that all the larger animals just died off due to the climate changing and just weren't able to survive, and they lost their food source. It's very easy to blame humans for extinction, but isn't that... It, not, not, that's more of a recent problem. Is it a problem? Yes. But saber-toothed cats more than likely went extinct just because food went away. So I, I guess I'll die then. So they were pretty heavily bodied, right? Like that's what they think mainly was like the, the shift from the lo- – Yeah, so the larger um, prey items, if they had gotten thinner, they wouldn't be as nimble to catch the smaller. Yeah, no, it's not. They're, they were good for catching the big thing. There are two groups of false saber-toothed cats. So they're, they're not actually cats. They, they just developed the same saber-toothed style. So I don't know what was happening around the world at that time. But for some reason, the large incisors coming out of the mouth was a really popular design evolutionarily. Um, those The Smilodon and his saber-toothed cat sick. friends... Yeah, they like look up false saber tooths and like they look very cat like. They are related, but they are not true cats. Now, the real tiger, the real tiger we should be celebrating. The Incineroar? real tiger. Yeah, the Incineroar, the real tiger Pokemon. I have to say, back when we were first doing and talking and theorizing about Alola all those years ago, I was an idiot because if you look at Litten's head and look at the markings, those are the markings that Japanese people use on tigers. Obviously, I should have figured that out at the time. Like in Japan, like if you see any tiger figure, any tiger art, it has the line down vertically and two horizontal stripes. That is how they mark lions. I mean, that's how they mark tigers in Japanese culture and a lot of their art. So just by looking at that, we should have known better, or at least I should have known better. Like, But a lot like Raiko, 
they don't put a lot of biology into this one. They just said, yes, Tiger. Now make it a wrestler. Make it an evil wrestler. Make it so mean that it tries and kills the opponent and the opponent's trainer. It's the heel. That's what it does. But a Tiger's, they are the largest big cat left on Earth. They do weigh around 600 pounds. They live in Asia as well as uh, many of the forests and jungles in those Asian areas. Like we said before, not that many left on the planet. They are, uh, we were discussing it, me and Chris, before the episode, that they're basically perfect. Like, yeah. they're just like, when you think of a perfect tiger. Perfect killing just, machine. Yeah, per- perfect big killing machines. They, yeah, a lot of large. People, yeah, a lot of people like, oh my gosh, like how do you hide like a 400, 600 pound orange super cat? Put that thing in the tall grass or in the trees. You'll never hear it. You'll never see it coming. It just jumps and kills you. That's what they're good at. They are perfect hunting machines. Everything about a cat just turned up to 11. Now, what's really so cool is that tigers and jaguars are one of the few big cats that actively enjoy water and have been seen hunting in the water more than other cats. Lions, they don't they don't want to get in the water. They can. It's not like they're scared of it. It's just something like they don't really want to do that. Hippos live there and hippos are scary. But um, it is really cool to think about how they do love water but Incineroar can't go anywhere near it. If you tried put it, giving Incineroar a bat, it might actually die. And so I, I think that's something that should be noted as well. But with Incineroar as well, I, I think it's important that Incineroar kind of models what we think about when it comes to tigers. Uh, ever since humans have discovered tigers, we've modeled them as symbols of strength, uh, bravery, cunning. And it's really ironic that those symbols are why they're being hunted. While some people... While some tigers are known for killing people, there have been man-eating tigers that have attacked villages and have preyed on villages. Yeah, you got to put those down. Most these days are killed due to habitat loss or poaching or medicine or charms. It's really ironic that the symbol of strength is being hunted to be turned into a charm for a symbol of strength. It's not okay. I don't like cats that much. They're jerks to me, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have their lives. It doesn't deserve that they, it doesn't mean they don't deserve to live. And again, house cats, they're a whole different breed. We, I could talk about how much I hate cow cats all day, but for tigers and the big cats and the little cats out in the wild, they are perfect killing machines. That's just what they are. And I love that Pokemon has so many of them. I think we illustrated that house cats are also perfect killing machines. <laughs> yeah, they are really good killing machines, but the tiger, I don't know, tiger prettier, me like more. But yeah, that's, that's really all I got. Yeah. I have to point out one thing about about cats because we talk about cats fighting and it's one of my favorite. Well, so if you, have you ever seen like when cats are, are wrestling or, or fighting, they always go to their back and like flash their tummy. Yeah. To me, like weird, because why are you exposing your soft underbelly? But cats fight on their backs because that gives them access to their weapons, their claws. And they use their front paws to like corral them in and then use their back feet to what you think are cute little rabbit kicks to use their back feet to just shred the other creature's uh, underbelly. So you're saying they're masters of mujitsu. All right, guys. Thank you so It's so good to have a first episode of the year with everyone together. Oh, feels good. Absolutely. First one done. Imagine what Colossal Con's going to be like with all four of us. I'm going to try. I promise. Nope, you're going to be here. You're going to be here. Uh, I'm literally looking for jobs as we hey, speak. Hey, Banner. Banner, you're going to be suiting up like the rest of us. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll suit I'll get the fish hat. I'll get the fish mask. <laughs> All right, guys. We've had enough. It's late. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a comment, leave a review. It turns out Spotify finally added a rating feature to its podcast. So if you listen on Spotify, give us what you think we owe. If you have a comment for us, we get lots of messages on Twitter and Facebook. Just come in and say hi to us there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Happy New Thank Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year.